0: So, it is message time. I uh, just want to say uh, blessings on each one of you. It is a good day. I want to welcome you uh, back. Some of you have been here and all summer long, but if you haven't, if you have a, a little hiatus, for a little bit, welcome to, back that to Ken went into our worship service. Amen. Now, it's good to be with you this morning. Our worship service hopefully has something for everyone. Let me tell you not cram more in worship service, and we're doing that today. So, you already know, we need to do confession and absolution because God will forgive us, God loves us, so we're not going to go through that, we're going right into the rest of the service, but there's all kinds of reminders this morning of uh, a sense of symphony of all the things that we do uh, here at, uh, at Kenwood and in the church. Now, I have to confess that I have not been... Uh, to a lot of symphonies. How many of you have been to a symphony before? A little bit of great music, you know, I've got symphony. I have attended a few high school concerts in my time, many of them in fact, and even a couple of Concordia College concerts, uh, especially Christmas concerts, great stuff. You haven't listened to a uh, Concordia College Christmas concert, and I suppose I could say, what's that other college? Oh yeah, yeah, that other college. Yeah, well, that other college too, uh, St. Olaf. Well, it's pretty good, too, but <laughs> pretty, pretty good as well. But both concerts and symphonies start rather oddly. Have you ever watched a concert they're doing that? The musicians start filling in. Uh, first, uh, maybe somebody on an oboe arrives and on. They sit by their name, start plucking away at the oboe for a little bit. Uh, then uh, a little more later, maybe a, a flutes will start arriving. They'll be with the flute thing all over the place and uh, they're coming in, they're checking their instruments and begin to play, uh, they pluck out tunes. Most of the time, those tunes have nothing in common with each other. It's like they're on their own little thing, and it's very, very kind of uh, disconcerting, you know, if you listen to it, it's not connected at all. And then the percussionist comes and does a couple of rolls of the drum, he or her, or uh, her starts drumming away, kind of check on all that. It's kind of hard to listen to. But then what happens? The conductor approaches, right? Everything is quiet. Steps up to his or her podium, strikes the director's baton, baton, excuse me, lifts it up, and suddenly the music begins. And the sound is phenomenal. All of those dissonant sounds now working in concert with each other, listening, inspiring, lifting us up. And of course, blessing our lives with the music. So maybe we are a symphony. <coughs> of ministries and peoples who are here to bring life to our congregation in our neighborhood. Maybe we can lift up people and inspire each other and uphold each other to care for each other, to somehow make some sort of sense out of what we do and the music that we play. I chose a rather strange sermon title for today, Gathering Symphony." In my sermon, um, I hope that my sermon will inspire you, but no doubt will probably reflect a little bit of the gospel reading for today. You may ask, me, how can that be? How can the gathering symphony somehow have anything to do with that gospel lesson? So let's read a little piece of that. If any other member of the church sins against you, what are you supposed to do? So that's how it begins. These are words that uh, somehow seem less inspiring uh, than a good symphony. In fact, this passage has been used for a long time when times of conflict, when times of discord and upheaval uh, take place. Listening uh, to those words produces in me sometimes anxiety. There's a sound of law, there's a sound of accusation in them. Almost every constitution in the ELCA, including Kenwood's constitution, includes these words and this text as proof text for what to do when churches and its members are in disagreement with each other and when trouble is arising, when common decency gives way to anger or worse. But I want to take another look today at that text and those words this morning. First, let's remember who Jesus is speaking to. If a member of the church <laughs> sins against you, and we realize then that what he's talking about is relationship between people who are together in worship, who know each other, who supposedly care about each other. The word member there, if you look at the text, is actually translated, should be translated brother. Now I don't know if they did that in order to make it less, uh, uh, sexist or whatever, but it really is the word for brother. That's important because it indicates something. It indicates that there's a special relationship here. I don't call everybody brother. One, because I don't have any brothers, uh, so you know, biologically. Uh, but I have a lot of brothers uh, uh, in spirit, and uh, so there is a relationship that exists for that. I've got another man. His name is also Jeff. His name is Jeff Gukins. We've been calling each other brothers about 40 years now. Uh, he was the first person that welcomed Jonah and I to Proctor when we got there. Wasn't even a member of our church, just a community dad stopped over and said, Hi, my name is Jeff Cookins. welcome to Proctor." But a brother. Calling someone your brother was not a small thing. It was reserved for those closest to you. This difference is probably a cultural of why we don't necessarily sense that quite so much. But we need to hear it with a better understanding today. A brother has both expectations and even perhaps rights. Certainly one deserving of our respect and our loyalty. But there
1: are other very important pieces
0: to this text that we should
1: look at this morning.
0: After following through Bringing witnesses after witnesses, <laughs> Jesus says something rather disturbing. If the no offender refuses to listen, even to the church, let that that one, uh, excuse, let such a one be to you as a gentile or a tax collector. I don't know about you, but these are harsh words coming from Jesus. I get the feeling that uh, somehow. Um, He's having a hard time uh, speaking these words, but all right, finally, that brother is going to get what he or she deserves, and I am just the person to give it to them. So we almost feel like we're justified because he has said, treat them as a Gentile, what? Or a tax collector. But then wait a minute. Gentiles, tax collectors, how were they treated? By society, not very well, but by Jesus. Therein lies the problem. Because Jesus shows love to all. Forgiveness to all. Healing to all. What exactly is Jesus suggesting? I think we know the answer to that already. We also might get a hint at Jesus' meaning in the following verse, verse 19. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, there's a, this idea that there's an agreement that's needed to be uh, considered. The word agree here has a complex meaning. The root word yeah, is down and talk it out, and then they might find some harmony, some symphony, suggestion of harmony in the uh, the argument that they are having. They will be gathered in Jesus' name, and Jesus will be among them when they do so. Again, the word gather is the word synagogue. It is to be together or collected. That is what church is, is people gathered together to worship those collected. Who sound out together in harmony, in symphony, and in praise to God. Well, it's amazing how if we did it a little bit deeper, how it all makes sense, right? I think about those who are brothers to me. Yes, in that sense, even my wife is my brother. How our lives are at times out of harmony. And when those times come, it requires us to talk it out. How many of you have spent time... Uh, symphonizing with your a significant other at times. You know? Our voices, sometimes angry and out of tune, find a way to synthesize again, to find chords of care and love which bring us back into symphonic harmony. Strangely, we don't always play the same sounds. Even Joan and I don't often do that. Oftentimes, it's our voices uh, harmonizing off from of each other with each of us somehow very uniquely uh, bringing sound uh, to our, our daily lives. Richness coming because we are not playing the exact same notes, but somehow finding those notes that fit together and bring a melody that can't be heard unless we are willing to work it out. We don't always play to some sound. Oftentimes, it's our voices harmonizing off from each other that provides the richest sound and the best melodies. Here it is that Gentile, that text collector, personalities, experience, full of the grace of God still. God, whose love is never something we merit or, or inherit, but something that fills our ears with with the sweet sound of His grace, He also speaking to us in words too complex when our spirits pick up on it. That is what we are collecting and celebrating today. Our uniqueness, yes, absolutely, but our absolute dependence on God's unconditional love, that's the melody that we hopefully will hear and sing and experience with each other. So enjoy the symphony today. Enjoy the
1: melody of many
0: people, kids coming out for the a member coming to our church deciding to join her melody to our song and our melody to her song, and together we will play something sweet for many years to come. Enjoy this symphony, this grace of God, this life-giving music of God's love. Blessing them on you